What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Games Cast, episode 172. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Hispanic heartthrob, Andy Cortez. Yeah, great to be here. I like Greg. this members only jacket. Yeah, man. Come join. I can. It's members only. I'm but not no, one of the members. Can. You know what oh, I mean? Wait, does it unbutton? I think it does. Now, over there groping you right now, of course, is don't break the jacket. I don't want to break the, the jacket. Reverend Jared yes, Petty. Okay. The Reverend Jared Petty. Hey, Doki Doki, what's up? So now, what? What? Run me through the the history of the members only jacket, because I feel like it, if you remember in Shallow Hal, there was a joke, a barb thrown out because uh, Jason Alexander's character was wearing a members only jacket. To which yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow said, "What are you like, the last member?" Yeah, and I was like, "Ha ha ha!" But now yeah. are they back? Are they back? You're a hip guy. I have no idea if they are back. The only reason why I like them is uh, I saw. Well, obviously, it's sort of a an evolution of the bomber that I used sure, to wear, but sure. they're not cheap and shitty and they don't break. Oh. As like the pockets don't tear as easily. They're mm-hmm. much higher quality. Now granted they're like twice the cost, but sure. I'm fine paying for quality. Yeah. Um and in uh Ricky Bobby's dad is wearing one in Town Digging Nights. And I and it's I think it's Reese the same Bobby. color grace and I and I was like, I want that gray fucking members jacket. So yeah. I I bought the black one, then I bought the gray one. I'm trying to buy one that's like called sea blue. But if, if, you they don't, it, if you see yeah. it, shout it out. They don't, have them, they don't have them in smalls. They're like sold uh, out on, on Amazon. I remember the sea blue ones. So I'm old enough that I actually wore one of these unironically. Yeah. Like back when they were still new and relevant. And mine was actually about sea Well, that's my shirts. thing, right? We've come around is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So, no, they started off being popular. Yeah. Then there's the shallow Hal joke because they're not popular. But now they're popular. Have we come around? I don't know. But Andy, I, I, I we wear have. them. Andy. This Andy. You are one of the coolest people I know. On Reese terms Bobby of wore it. So yeah, I know. I know. Well, yeah, Reese Bobby, the guy keeps a cougar in his car. He knows what's up. Yeah, I just bought it because I, I wanted a higher quality, better version of the other jackets I'd been buying. And a lot of people seem to like them whenever I'm wearing them on these podcasts. Hey, sure. where'd you get that jacket? So I, maybe it's no longer sort of uh, frowned upon. Or sure. I don't okay. you know, I think I it's know. rad. I don't I, really care. Wh- how are we evoking shallow how? I was just, it's just what came to mind about the members only jacket because it was such a great burn. For and her. I remember that. Such a great burn. Yeah, I remember that. So, what are you like, the last member? Yeah. <laughs> I need a tail. It's a good joke. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a good joke. But I'd forgotten that movie even happened. Oh, really? Like, that's amazing. I feel like Shallow Hal's one of those ones that there was a good few years where it was always on Comedy Central or mm-hmm. TBS or something. So, I've just seen it like. Not start to finish a million times, yeah. but where you just drop into a middle portion. You're like, oh, here comes Tony Robbins. One there, of those movies where the rights wasn't that expensive, so yeah. some network bought it. And, and God, it it, it, well, I, I feel like when I support Jack Black, I'm mm-hmm. supporting Tim Schafer. Oh, okay. and as long as I'm taking care of Big Tim Schafer, I'm happy. That's there was, like, there was a solid two years where on Sh- Stars and Showtime, sure. Nonstop, like Rush Hour, Shanghai Nights, mm-hmm. like I was all about it. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, HBO, sure, it's more expensive, but. But they don't have all these buddy cop movies that are really hot and popping right mm-hmm. now. I was all about the Rush Hours, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights. Sure. There was a few others that I don't remember. Sure. And well, Rush Hour 2, 3. Sure, yeah. Dang, he ain't going to be in Rush Hour 2. Uh, Blue funniest. Streak. Uh, Blue Streak was on HBO. Blue Ooh, Streak was yeah. HBO. Martin Lawrence. Oh, remember that? Uh, totally. Luke Wilson. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Blue- still have stars through through Amazon. Oh, yeah? Like, yeah, I, I went and grabbed it, and I still like having it. I watch a lot of movies. I don't watch that much TV, but I watch a lot of movies. Sure. And uh, Stars is good for that, like, mid-level, just like, hey, I kind of want to watch a movie at 11 before I go to sleep and watch yeah. half of it and then go to bed, and Stars is great for that. Blue Streak was known for Martin Lawrence saying, believe that. Remember that? No. You don't, don't remember that? No, I don't remember we, that. Uh, so Nick and I were, like, sleuthing, and we had uh, we had Rudio Google, like, quotes from from uh, Blue Streak. But you had Rudio? 
Rudy O. Yeah, the guy in chat. Uh, I was thinking okay. Rufio okay. for a minute. I was yeah. like, whoa. I thought we had a new like, nickname for Cool Greg or no, Kevin no, no, or something. No. Well, we were asking Chad, what are the quotes from Blue Streak? Like, there's there's one that, there's a line that, like, because Nick was comparing it to, uh, to oh, God. Independence uh, Day. Welcome to Earth. No, no, no. no. Uh, with Will Smith, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in Bad Boys. In Bad Boys, where yeah. he's like, my glower. You know, he's doing that thing or whatever. I don't well, know in Blue Streak, he says, believe that. Like, believe that or whatever. You know, yeah. so. There you go, guys. This Game is some cast. deep lore. <laughs> if you didn't know, this is the kind of funny games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about all the things we love in video games. You can get the show early. How early, Andy? Oh, the four days. So early you can be watching <laughs> us record it right now sure. on patreon.com slash kind of funny games each and every time we record it. However, you could also go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Get the show when we put it up as one MP3 or one big video that has a pre and post show that no one gets to see unless you catch it live or support us over there on the Patreon video. Of course, if you don't want to give us any money, you can get it for free. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe each and every Monday morning. Uh, some housekeeping before we get into the heart of the matter. That is Detroit become human review next week. It's what you've been waiting for. What you've been subredditing about, what you've been tweeting about. It is our annual E3 predictions games cast. We will all come with multiple predictions for what we expect to see from the show when we talk about Sony, Xbox, Nintendo, and then all the third parties. Then, of course, that means E3's right around the corner. At E3 this year, kind of funny. is going hard, going deep, getting in them guts, as Andy says. Jeez, Ugh. hell yeah, man. Does it, do you not say that a lot? No, Kevin says that. Really? No. Yeah, you do. Kevin, do you say get in the guts a lot? Because it's about eating food, right? I he, mean, I wouldn't say I say it a lot. He said it once I've on a party mode. I said it a mode. couple times. Gotcha. <laughs> I did say it on a party mode. Yeah, he was like getting the guts. And everybody was like, what? He's like, oh, it's an anal joke. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, 100%. You're it all, just isn't sex in oh. general? It's specifically No, no, it, it's sex in general. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, E3's coming up and we're getting in the guts going hard uh, for each and every press conference other than the PC one we'll be doing pre and post shows and live reactions you can watch along on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games with us if you want to watch it without our commentary no big deal but make sure you come back for the post shows if you miss any of that the live reactions, the post shows go up on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. The post shows, of course, are games cast. They'll go up on your podcast feeds as usual. We will be doing that Saturday through Tuesday before we go down to LA to see a bunch of games, do a bunch of things, probably do a live stream, wink, wink, that I can't tell about next year <gasps> yet, but one day you'll know about it and then we'll be able to promote it correctly. Uh, <laughs> while I'm here, patreon.com slash kind of funny games keeps all the mics on. Thank you to all these people for their support. Of course, thank you to who, Andy? Paul Walker. No, Tom Bach. Tom, Tom Patreon Bach. producer, Tom Bach. <laughs> now, while we're here, of course, thank you to Paul Walker as well. Yeah. Come on now. Rest in peace. Tom Bach, we love you, man. Go Spurs, go. Next season, baby. Let's do it. And finally, this episode is brought to you by Blue Apron and Four Hymns, but I'll tell you about that later. For now. Let's begin the show with what is and for once will be the Detroit Become Human review. Let's Ooh. get into it. Time for a David Cage review. <laughs> oh, Tim's not here because he's at a bachelor party. He's not dead. Andy. What's up, Greg? You and I have been playing Detroit Become Human. Correct. Have you beaten it? I did. I beat the game. Uh, I did not try to go back and get multiple endings. Okay. Not yet. Okay. But I have talked to other people and gotten other endings yeah. who have also played it. Sure. Uh, Barrett Courtney, who works at IGN, he Never played heard it earlier. No. Uh, <laughs> he and I just had a nice little discussion after work and talked to each other about our stories and how our stories unfolded. How different were they? So different. Yeah. Holy shit. Right? Um, 
And I think that, I mean, obviously I think that's the most compelling thing about the game is like having, you know, telling your story. And uh, sometimes that can be kind of watered down because some of the decisions may not be super important or mm. that changing. But in this game, I feel like they, I feel like they are. I mean, I mean, like compared to old. Oh, okay. To, your to, past to ones. Old, yeah. To okay. old. I want to point yeah. out too, if, just while we're getting into the weeds here, as we start to dip our toes in the water and go to the deep end, we're not going to spoil the game. We're going to stay away from specific spoilers. Right, Andy? Sure. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. No asteroids yes, yes. are crashing. Yeah. Here. So I've beaten Detroit, become human as well. I played through it with my wife, Jean-Vierre Saint Ange Miller. Um, and I haven't. We haven't actually talked about our endings at we all. So no. we're, we'll have to dance around that a bit. But I am interested, Jared. You've played none of it, right? Absolutely not. So you're going to play the role of interviewer a lot. Here, I will play or, the or role of interviewer. You can you can put on your press hat and chime in. You interested bystander. There you go. That's what I want to hear. But you guys have the the meat of the conversation. So take it away. Gentlemen, what I want to know, Andy, is what do you think of Detroit Become Human? Um, I think it's a good, not great game. Okay. Um, I I f- I feel like all of the different endings and all the different branches that you can take is this not only the strength but the weakness of the mm. game? Uh, where some decisions that you make, your characters start to uh, the, their stories and their and their statements and how they feel sometimes contradict how they felt earlier. Mm. And it, it, I, I know that I was talking to Kevin about this. I feel like if you pick certain, uh, if you have certain decisions made in the game, uh, somewhere in there there is like a flawless narrative from it, that's told perfectly. Sure. And it's like, yeah, this is a really well-told story. But I feel like if you do take different paths here and there, your characters start to not only contradict themselves sometimes, which they're incongruent. Sure, but but that could it could be the fault of the player, but I mean the choices are there for the player, so um somewhere in there there's a, an incredible story and and I do feel like I really I experienced a lot of moments that blew me away and sure. was like holy shit and talking to Barrett about this stuff and telling him my story he was like fuck I didn't know that like yeah dude like we were really excited to talk about it I was really excited to talk about some of the outcomes of some of the characters um, but I think at some moment I think at some points the it can feel a little bit too over dramatic oh yeah I of do course. feel like of the course. this really wants to be a, a dramatic. Uh, motion picture and at some points the the characters react some ways we're just like oh, I don't really know if that was earned that Mel- felt melodrama in a David Cage yeah, game right? yeah. that's what's getting kicked around the internet yeah, and, and, oh, really? and I'm not making fun of you at all but yeah. uh, it is it's kind of kind of the guy's trademark ham fistedness is, is he's a super direct storyteller I do. I'd like to go back before you move on and ask a question about that narrative sure. dissonance, if you don't mind. You were talking about characters kind of making choices that earlier contradict choices you made. Do your choices change dynamically with earlier choices? Like, do, what, as you move forward, are you the one choosing to make your character act out of character, or is the narrative taking what you did, then making that decision, and then placing you with a decision you wish you didn't have? I feel like they try to lead you in certain directions, right? But towards the end of the game, if you acted a certain way, certain decisions are then not unlocked for you, if that okay. makes sense. So sort of like, uh, um, I don't know, uh, Telltale games, where decisions unlock for you and show yeah. you like, oh, or or even like Paragon Renegade stuff in Mass Effect, where if you act a certain way a certain amount of time, you get uh, additional options, additional yeah. uh, conversation trees unlock for you. But because I acted a certain way, I felt like I was... It's hard to, to get into this without spoiling stuff. Um, 
but I feel like I was acting a certain way with one of the characters because I felt like it. Um, I think for the record, and I, I don't know what thing you're driving at. I'm not saying we can't say any specifics. I, I think I don't. I'm looking at the camera if you're an audio listener. I don't know how many people are coming in this sight unseen. I think what we knew from preview material can be used going forward, right? Where Kara, I think we already knew was going to. Because I, I, I'd pitched this all in da- the Games Daily Show based on like trailers, right? Kara was the android with the girl. It seemed like that would be motivation for her to leave and try. Because the whole thing is about them breaking out and becoming human, right? Or are they going to become human? Connor is the cop. He wants to be the cop robot. Great. And then Marcus is the one that they've shown through stones trying to lead this robot revolution kind of thing. And Correct. Fight yeah. for androids. And for me, the story, because I'm going to, I don't want to handicap you or that's not even a, a PC term anymore. I don't want to take you out right now before you get going and then have it go to me and me talk about like what, Marcus means because like Marcus for me is the weakest thing because his story I think it's so fantastical and makes so many quantum leaps of like how the fuck okay that's what's happening all right and to right. clarify there's three main storylines there are three right? yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and so Marcus is one of those three main areas you travel through yeah yeah and, and you know of course as you go through the game the, the you know the storylines do sort of mix up with each other but mm-hmm. uh for um for Connor who's the cop I felt like I was making decisions that would best tell the story of the game rather than uh, sort of curate this experience hmm. that so I you, know, think you were trying to you were playing Connor to get what you thought the most would you to try to get the most out of the game not necessarily what you wanted exactly to yeah gotcha. um and and it did kind of screw me in the end because I ended up with a Connor that I didn't really want um mm. where I I got too deep into a certain side of the character that I didn't really want him to be, you know? Interesting. And uh, and I, I thought it fed the story better early on. Um, Connor's somebody who's becoming conflicted. You know, he's a cop, and he's he's still a robot, but he also is he abides by the law, and he wants to... Wait a minute. It's in Detroit. Yep. And he's a robot cop? Yeah. Yes. That's right. He really is RoboCop. <laughs> he, has a, he has a gun in his leg, too. That's what it, I'm just he, kidding. He doesn't oh have one. I'm so excited for him. <laughs> yeah, so he... Uh, I want Telltale's RoboCop so bad. He's He tries... Um, obviously, he's like very... He's all he's all for the law, and he's like, if you fuck up, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a robot. I'm going to stop you. That's what I was made yeah, to I'm do. Yeah, I'm programmed to enforce the law. I am programmed law. to enforce the law. Uh, but... You start seeing some conflict there, where he he starts feeling a certain way, and 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 the game is sort of uh, sort of wants you to break those restraints, but I you didn't want to. I chose to kind of lead it on for as long as possible before I eventually did. Oh wow, interesting. And by the time I wanted to, it, it was too late. Like my yeah. character well, you had did that to yourself. You can't blame the game for that. Sure, I, I mean, for me, I mean, for me, I thought I just felt like things were changing too quickly. I felt like his opinions on things were okay. were changing way too quickly and way too dramatically. Where I was like, man, like that's fair. I, that's, that's fair. That just seems like that's out of character. Yes, exactly, exactly. That was, for me, I hear you on that front. That makes sense to me in terms of it. For me, the Connor storyline, I think, was my favorite, and I think it's just because they, you know, it's a, it's your traditional buddy cop movie, right? Where, hey, you're the, you're Connor, you're this android. Guess what? We're, of course, partnering you with the incomparable Clancy Brown, who happens to be a down-on-his-luck alcoholic detective who hates androids, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you have that thing, and then it is the... I totally leaned in to play the buddy cop movie. Yeah, way. yeah. Uh, totally. Cool, like, no, no, no. 
I love Clancy Brown as an actor, and then even the performance he's giving here. I'm all in on him. I thought he was great. I'm backing him up. I want to do that, whereas you could have pulled back and been more, I'm going to follow the letter of the law and be the android, which puts Clancy off of you rather than on your side. So you said, oh, go ahead. Which which threw me off. That's part of the storyline that did throw me off because um, I feel like Clancy's turn happened way too quick as well. Mm-hmm. But I, that's just how you played it, no? Or do you think that's how I don't it just know. I, I think, uh, again, I think that just some of these decisions uh, rush different parts of the story where yeah. it doesn't feel natural right. at all. And that, and th- for me, what's so interesting in the my playthrough and my review, I guess, of Detroit Become Human is that Jen and I, it was very much, we were getting ready for Judges Week. Uh, I got Detroit Become Human, but when I get back, I'll have time before this this review right here. I'll play it when we get back. I don't want to start it before we leave. And it was that Friday night we cooked dinner and they were sitting there. And I'm like, I got Detroit. Do you want to just pop it in and play for a little bit? And we played however many hours and then played a whole bunch on Saturday. And it was like, we were riveted. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah. wow, this is so interesting and so well done. And the characters and their motivations and the people they're interacting with, you're, you know, the, the, their families or whatever you want to call it, their, you know, employers or owners. Yeah. This is all really, really great. And there's a pivot point where Saturday night we stopped playing. And we went out to dinner, and in the car, there was this great moment that I think I'll always remember when I think of Detroit, of us sitting in the back of this Uber just silently, both of us looking out different windows. And then Jen just turned to me and like, but I don't understand why is... And I was like, I don't... And like us <laughs> talking about it as if we were watching a Netflix series, cool. and we left there. And I was like, that says something for a video game. Yeah. And so we did that, went down to Judge Week, brought the PlayStation with us, because I'm like, oh, I want to play every chance we get or whatever, and then started talking to other people who were further ahead of us, including yourself. Where I texted you and I was just like, "Man, this game!" And you're like, "Yeah, it's good. I just beat it." Oh man, yeah. Some parts I, some parts I don't. And then I got down. I was ta- I talked about it a little bit on uh, Games Daily today, right? Yeah. Like talking to Kim from Game Informer who had already beat, it, and she's like, "Yeah, but then this stuff happens." It just and we're like, "Really?" And it was literally as soon as we started it back up, we were into that section where ah. things just start happening way too quickly, and it was just like, "Whoa!" Like, okay, oh, that's what's ha- what. Oh. So it, just a jilted feel to it? At, yeah, at some it point? was like, like, I thought we were doing so well, and I thought the story was being told intimately, where yeah. it was like, all right, cool. But, I mean, like, at the start, all of them, Kara, uh, Connor, and Marcus, all their stories are so tight and so small, and, like, it's a small circle, and let's see how we go yeah. from there. And then, for me, it's Marcus's that was just like, what? Like, that, it just starts, like, it just, I feel like it just... It's tumbling down the hill and it's going slowly and well, and then it like hits that bump where it starts, go- and then it's just out of control, and it's like yeah. things are flying off of it as it starts goes. Starts feeling cagey. Yeah, it starts feeling starts feeling cagey. I, I'm not here to to, to crap on on yeah. the uh, on the work at all. I mean, yeah. there's some fascinating stuff in Heavy Rain. There's some interesting stuff in in Beyond Two Souls. Um, oh, did we did we, we sync up? No, we got some Ghostbusters. Oh, so we got some like Zool. To, I like to call oh, it the Ghostbusters. It's my game. refrigerator again. I like Excellent. that. Yeah. I still yeah. haven't brought you those figures. No, it's okay. Uh, all right, well, but as it it, it goes and it it doesn't for me fall apart. It just it just goes for me like holy shit I can't believe we're doing this like okay oh, cool. same here yeah yeah like okay. I I, I want to make sure that you know I put up a tweet at an embargo right of just like I loved it for a long time and then it was like oh okay I like this I'm enjoying this I recommend you play this game oh, if, if narrative games are your thing okay you're scaring me here though okay so this is all great yeah here but there's something very frightening you just said so here's my challenge to both of you um I was very interested until you got to and then it gets jilted there toward the end. Uh-huh. Now for narrative games, I live or die by the strength of the ending. That's the part of if it falls apart at the end, I 
can't help but walk away disappointed from a narrative game. I've gotten through narrative games that have weak medals, but if it's got a weekend, I end up angry that I spent any time in the whole thing. Convince me otherwise with this one. Bring me in. Uh, I don't think the ending is weak. Okay. I don't think it's as strong as the start was. At no, I don't feel like I wasted my time with this. Yeah. When like when I beat it, the first thing I did right was I want to go back and reload the save point play again, and because it was very much like you know obviously it's a one of these games characters can live or die right and i totally fucked up a choice at the end where mm. it was just like it, it's we're gonna get to reader questions thank you for submitting them but i i fucked up a, a a button combination that wasn't fast or anything like that there's no part of this game that's like in heavy rain when you have to drive into oncoming traffic but it was just like i screwed up a button combination i should have held something longer than i did and it, it killed this person mm-hmm. and i was like fuck i went and i went back and replayed that and then while i was there i was like well i'll make a whole bunch of other choices and i did different and i got to a different ending and had a great time and you know, I want to platinum it, so I was looking at the trophies now. Like, looking back, I'm excited to go back and see the alt decisions and see how they go. Like, I don't think it falls apart. It just becomes ham fist, like you're talking about, right? And it's that thing of, uh, you know, so many people were worried about, like, when uh, the car stuff happened and it looked like the domestic abuse with the kid. And, like, why, well, you know, is David Cage the person going to address that, this, that, the other? That I thought was fine, right? You get to the end, and it is, I mean, again, this is Detroit Become Human. We already talked about Marcus leading a revolution. There are the choices of, like, how do you want to address this or that, and what do you want to say to the androids or to the humans, and it is like, I have a dream. or like You know what I mean? Like, it's beating you over the head with Ooh. that stuff. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. was when it was like... There's eesh. a lot of stuff that's really on the nose of, like... Uh, you know, comparing these robots to slaves. And, you know, I I guess that's kind of the comparison they're trying to make. But it gets really, really, it gets way too on the nose and just kind of cheesy at points. And, and like, there's a, a conversation with a human being in there, right? Where they're like, why are you helping us? And she's very much like, hey, my people went through. And it's like, yeah, that's a real conversation. And that's a real character motivation in this world. I can understand that. But you know whose view, you know how this game's being viewed you could have not said that. I, mm-hmm. I think I can get through, you know, why are you doing this? Because it's the right thing to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that's enough, I think. Well, yeah, allegory is, is hard to pull off anyway. I think about something like District 9, which I really enjoyed. Did yeah. you guys like that? I like District 9. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, not many people, I think, were willing to rush out to a theater to watch a movie about the plight of refugee camps. But they'll watch a science fiction movie about aliens and the plight of refugee and camps. Guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and And it does manage to do that kind of old Twilight Zone thing where he would sneak social themes and current issues into science fiction and people could look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's right. When you do it right, it's great. When it comes off hammy. And that's the thing is I I don't think it's as bad. I've seen the screen right before doing this. There's some screenshots going around from a review of like the I have a dream thing up there and like people really just fucking beating it into the ground of like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? And it's like, I think it was that egregious. It is on the nose. It is very much. Oh, okay. We're not even gonna joke around, or not even you know. You're not even gonna let hint at what it is. You're gonna tell me what it is. You're gonna tell rather than show me. You're gonna tell me, which is never uh, what you want, right? You want to show, don't tell. I want to come away with those ideas on my own. Uh, have you have you seen the Postman, the Kevin Costner post-apocalyptic no. thing? No. Have you seen it? Oh, Kevin's talking about the Postman. Kevin yeah. from the Weeds likes it. All uh, right. So yeah, there's that. I can't ask. There's a scene in that I was going to ask about and make a comparison. I can't because you haven't seen it. So we'll move right. on. From I don't that. know. If I'm, okay. I I mean I some of the ending I. You were we were talking about the endings, whether we liked some of the endings or not. Uh, a few of the endings that I got in my playthrough, actually mainly for just one character, that I was retelling the story to uh, to Barrett about my roommate about, mm. 
retelling what happened with this character because he told me what happened with his and telling him I got goosebumps. I got kind of like this is sort of like teary eyed almost, but not really like one of the endings that I got just blew me away and I mm. thought it was so well done. Uh, but in my opinion, that doesn't really make up for some of the other. Sure. How we got there. Oh, 100%. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I do think I agree with you, Greg. I think like you have to play this game. I, I, I mm. at the end of the day, still really enjoyed it. But uh, I do think that it is a very imperfect game. How long is it? In terms of time, uh, how long? That's a great question. It's it's really hard for me to tell. I'd say like maybe around ten hours. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I feel like I, I I'm trying to think of how I broke it up. Right with Saturday or Friday, a little bit Friday, a lot Saturday, a little bit on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then I think it came back and it was like just one more sitting. So okay, like, so that's long for a narrative game. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's it's. I mean, it it goes too fast. If anything, and mm-hmm. that's the thing. And I I enjoyed the scenes. I enjoyed the breakout. I think the interface on the game is brilliant. In terms of, hey, you know, you think about heavy rain, right? Uh-huh. You'd finish it and then you'd get somebody's face as a loading screen while trophies popped. And you were like, oh man, I wonder how different that scene could have gone. Yeah. And the fact that they embrace being a game and you end now and you see this tree, this giant like skill tree kind of, but it goes through and it shows your choices connecting to your ending, uh-huh. but it shows all the question mark ones shooting off. Yeah. Do you get like that wonderful, I bring this up since every show, Tactics Ogre ability to go back to those nodes yeah. and follow it straight from there instead of playing all not the way from through? The, not from the node. I think you just have to restart the scene. There's checkpoints. There's checkpoints oh, okay. in the scene. That's still pretty good. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'll take So that. that's the thing is like you have this giant tree branching out showing you what you did, where you did. Clearly, like, you know, you asked this question, which had this new path shoot off of it, right? And then even there, there's things you didn't light up. When you go and you want to jump back in, which I was doing right at the end, it asks you if you want to just do it and not save anything, but it won't affect your tree. Or do you want to jump in and save and it'll fill out your tree? So you go in there and then now you have your original playthrough up there, but then you now have another, the other one in there as well. So you can see what happened there. I I really like that. Yeah. And I mean, like, they're huge. And that's why I was like waiting for the trophy list to pop because it was like, wow, like that's crazy gargantuan. Like I can't visualize playing through each one of these things and not knowing if that's what I need to do. I feel like after every scene, there was a conversation between my girlfriend and I looking at the, looking at the web and being like, wow, I chose to do this. If I would have done that, look at that shit. Look what that Mm -hmm, sort of mm -hmm. branches off into. I wonder what that could be. So some of the biggest appeal of what both of you are sharing, you just said, Andy, you said with my girlfriend, you said with Jen, both of you played this with people you love side by side. And it's an awesome experience to spend with anybody. Like if it's just a friend of yours or whoever, like it's going to be something that you both watch and you both will uh, sort of challenge each other on the decisions that you may have made. Mm -hmm. There was a few times where she was like, shouldn't have done that. You fucked that. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I do think there are moments, because you mentioned you messed up a, a, a QTE where a character died. Or, yeah. Or, I mean, there are definitely uh, QTEs that don't affect anything, um, that are very much sort of the crumbling wall and uncharted, where it doesn't keep crumbling unless you keep moving up. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. It's all very visual, sort of just to kind of to add adrenaline and, and, you know, to sort of get your blood pumping. But there were a few moments where I'm in, I'm towards the end of the game and I am really hoping not to fuck up. And I do mess up a QTE and that didn't change anything. You know, Mm -hmm. there are moments where you mess up and it's very forgiving of you. Uh, Or there are moments where, as Greg, you know, mentioned earlier, a character died. I didn't, I, 
I don't think I... The only reason I had characters die was because I chose not to go back for them. That sort of thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll explain it to you off the air. Yeah. Before we move to reader mail, I... Uh, this is cool because I, that's why I love doing this show. It's it's celebratory and it's informative and interesting. And I work with really smart people that love games. But before we sat down on camera, I could not have cared less about Detroit. Yeah. And right now I'm like, nah, I think I want to go play this now. It's, uh, it's really I, cool. I feel like it's a fascinating game. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I think it just it got really close to being like, holy shit, I can't. Oh, OK, now we're coming back down. I think if it could have if it could have maintained this, it would have just been like, wow, I can't mm-hmm. get over it. It is a a game that I, I've thought about since then. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I'm happy with the endings I got on my first one, but I want to go do this. Uh, I do want to go make the choices. There are a lot of, like, you know, inconsequential choices, as you're saying. But I think even when you make those, it's just... It's what I used to talk about the Telltale book, right? Of, like, shading in your version of the character. Yeah. You know, like, uh, this is not a spoiler, but Marcus, right? It does he... He plays chess against his uh, owner or whatever, his helper or whatever you want to call him. No, I played piano. Oh, you played piano? I played chess. (laughs) And so, like, for me, it was, like, do you want to win? Do you want to lose? Do you want to draw? You know what I mean? And, like, like, I chose to uh, lose, I think, right? And it was, like, no, I chose to win. I don't have the trophy for the other one. But it was, like, for me at the time, (laughs) there was a justification for that. And then there was a conversation about, all right, why did you do that? I know you just did there. I think some of the characters are super well written. And then we run into some that are, like, just really stereotyped. characters in a movie that you'd watch that maybe aren't very good movies like i I don't know like super super overdone i feel at some at some moments and then it's just in like we were talking about earlier with i always make fun of the origami figure and uh heavy rain or the origami killer uh who just shows up in his hands there's like there's the the leaps i have with marcus's story logic but then just the the logic of the world yeah just doesn't make sense sometimes we're just like all right, like I don't this this wouldn't solve the problem or what's yeah. how does that? But it's like whatever. You're watching a movie and not like you know not a Schindler's List or something. You're watching a you're watching a DC Universe movie. All right, you can talk. <laughs> to me. All right, this is better than a DC Universe <laughs> movie. All right, don't insult don't insult Detroit by putting this it in is, any yeah. bucket okay. with Suicide Squad. All right, I'm very very happy to hear that. Actually, that's, that sounds. Probably. You want to hear some reader mail? I'd love to. Um, I want to start with this one right here because we were just talking about it. Kind of uh, Fabricio writes in and says, "I don't like quick time events. Is this game for me? I think so." I didn't, as somebody who loved Heavy Rain and hated the Heavy Rain drive a car into oncoming traffic thing, it wasn't, for the most part, quick time, like, oh, oh, like, I was all over it. It was like, hold R2, hold L2, hold circle, you're moving. And, like, I didn't feel like there was that many that were, like, make or break. Oh, I can't believe I I screwed this up and now everything's ruined. I only hated the motion control ones. Because I, I, I always sort of forgot what the icon was. Yeah. And, like... And it's also just awkward to be sitting there and maybe like I'm leaning back and I have the controller like on my lap and I'm hitting the buttons and then it requires me to jerk it to the to right or left. Yeah. The, and it's like, oh, damn, that's not like a natural thing yeah, whatsoever. And then they do have the ones that are flick the sticks, but they kind of look like move the controller. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh, is there any move support? Can I awkwardly undress uh, uh, heavy rain style? No, with my no, there's no controller move support. Nothing like that. Sadly, no, that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Good. No nudity either, right? Not in any of the stuff I saw. Yeah, yeah in terms of when I play. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that because obviously Madison Page getting it on with Ethan in Heavy Rain. Yeah, I didn't see that come around here. And not to mention, too, like relationships is the one thing that they also don't handle. There's one in particular relationship I really think is so terrible that they force on you, which I found really interesting, where I had made a decision mm. early on, like, 
Now that character and I are not aligned in anything. I'm not going to do anything to get on her good side. But they kind of force you to be yeah. lovers or whatever. It's like what? No, like, not like love, like no, a sex but scene. But like you, they they want you to have a romantic. Same thing, same thing happened to Barrett, and I, I chose not to do that. That, that I, didn't I chose not. I, but I mean, I tried not to. I, I, I it was an active thing where that person didn't like me. Yeah. I but then all of a sudden of that, it was yeah. like, no, no, no. You guys share something. I was like, mm. yeah. now that's that's a that's a very that's a fatal flaw in a game where you're given agency. Well, he just said it didn't yeah. happen for you at all. At all, it didn't. All. It okay. never it even around, the huh? game never forced uh, that person to soften you. Yeah, I said that. Um, th- there was never a relationship bo- formed or anything okay. like that. Now, I will say, as far as relationships go, there are a lot of moments where you get the telltale thing where you go one way and two of the people on your side say, "Hey, good job," and one of the people says, "Like, I don't like that decision." Yeah, like uh, people like in your party, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's another part where things really contradict each other because there, there'd there be a moment where I'd make a decision and these two people would say, uh, we don't like that. And then the next cutscene, they're like, hey, awesome job. That's true. And, and that yeah. happens quite a bit. And it's just like kind of bothersome. you know. Just once I want to play a narrative game where you're trying to please people around you all the time only to discover that they're going to throw whoever they love the most into the volcano at the end. Mm. Like where you're punished for yeah. trying to be a crowd pleaser. Oh, that'd be cool. Sometime, yeah. Ian writes in and says, I love narrative-driven games, but seeing the lukewarm takes has me reserved. For people right in the middle of the road, is this a must-buy? Should you wait for maybe a sale or skip it altogether? That's hard to say. I don't know. I mean, I've... If you love narrative-driven games, I think you play this. This is what the, this is. This is what this is. And early on, uh, Jen and me were having conversations, and it was like, man... I wish Telltale would have kept evolving and become this. Mm. And and granted, I don't think it like by the end it's like, you know, 10 out of 10 or anything, but it is like there were some really interesting choices to be made and there were interesting wrinkles to it. And the way it all branches out and the way that you can end one scene in one of three different spots and then you start the next scene in one of three different spots, like that's cool. Yeah, I think this is a, a game to show people who aren't necessarily even into games just to show them what games can do nowadays where... Like, yes, you can watch a movie or you can watch me play this and have totally different uh, things happen, right? And I think it's just sort of really impressive. And I do think you should buy it. Yeah, I I totally, I I do recommend buying this game. Would you call this a good game? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, when we, you know, Metacritic's 8.0 right now. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds right to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. If I was still at IGN and I was reviewing, I could totally see a flat eight and be like, all right, yeah, like it's great. It's close to being good. It's not close to being amazing. It's mm-hmm. right in that section, cool. right? Yeah, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Jake writes in and says, with the game having the possibility of different endings, how many times do you see yourself playing through? I personally want to see it through twice, but didn't know if it would have, didn't know if it would have more than two to three endings. Thanks. Always stay kind of funny. Are I going to play it again. Yes, absolutely. All right. I think it's like the cool game to play on stream where mm. where I want to see these different endings and I think it'd be cool to experience that with people and have people make the decisions for me and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but also, I did the same thing with Heavy Rain. Like when I beat Heavy Rain, I didn't play the whole thing again, but I played that final sequence to see like, sure. I think there was seven outcomes where three of them were super similar, but they all had a... Like little little tendrils that were tiny, you know, right. a little bit different here and there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna. I want to platinum it, so I want to sit down and do it. But the thing is, I don't know with this checkpoint system and the flowchart system if you need to go back and how far. Like, as in heavy rain, there was a very specific part for trophies where it was like, "Hey, 
have a save here because from here on out you have to make all these different decisions. Yeah. With this thing, I'm not sure if you need to because I feel like it's just filling in the flowchart for each scene to get where you really want to be. Because at the end, I feel like I got the complicated ending right where I already had enough of the evidence or whatever. I'd, I'd gone through enough of the optional things because I was scouring enough of the optional things that you know I could piece together what I imagine is the hard one, but I need to look through it. So this conversation is really cool. I do have to admit for about half of it, my mind drifted away because I was trying to remember the three different endings of Clue. Oh, and sure. just who was guilty in each one of them. And I'm going to go home and have around. sex with my wife. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Green. Yeah. That was Mr. Green when everybody know. else was guilty. Uh, Andy. What's up? Cozy Bear writes in and says, which of the androids in the game would you have as your personal assistant? Um, Not Connor. Definitely no? not Connor. I liked Connor a lot. No. He's a bro. My My Connor was a bro by the end. I'd say, and not like a bro pop collar, but like, hey, you're cool, Connor. I'd say either Connor or, or, or I'd say either Marcus or, or Kara, mostly yeah. because they they have that sort of uh, that sort of like I don't know, like a almost like a loving it, like a guardian, like a like a yeah, like a loving parent sort of. Vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. They give off, yeah, they definitely give off that loving companion. I mean, yeah. Marcus being the companion to his person and Kara being the companion to her person. You're both like, man, there's a lot of cool. Family, yeah, there's human a, there's a lot of like human. there's a lot of like touching moments between them and and yeah. the people that they're caring for. Yeah, where Connor, you know, is obviously you know he's way more robotic than either of them. Well, I he's think. like an advanced model, right? He's yeah. like an experimental model that they put out to try to help do all these uh, is crime he made things. Of liquid metal. I'm not going to ruin that for you. I'm not right? ruin it. I'm not going to ruin that for you. Does he have a visor? I'm not going to ruin that for <laughs> you. Uh, Ryan writes in and says, "Does this game deserve to, to be a game of the year contender?" I'd say no. My my yeah my knee jerk reaction based on playing it no I'd I, say no just compared to God of War we I, talked I, about this I last mean for week. me I think it's God of War I think it's Celeste like I think that yeah. there's a bunch of games that I could see in it before just because I think it's good but I and I think you know even great by the IGN scale but I just don't think it's like I think it I think it deserves to be somewhere on like the best narrative game you know sure. or whatever yeah, but yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's I don't see it as a game of the year just because I think there are. Uh, far more flaws than there are in the other game of the year candidates. Well, I mean, there's there's this. I, I don't know if we we get so hyperbolic in this industry that we forget that there does exist a space between worth playing. Oh yeah, it's, and it's not this masterpiece. Or this. Yeah. Where it's just like no good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Some flaws totally enjoyable and fun and interesting. And you'll and, be done with it like in like a you know if you play it as. As quickly as we did in a weekend or maybe two weekends. It's not this big giant open world yeah. game where it's like, if it's bad, I'm gonna lose forty hours to it. No, you just This was my thing too, playing through it in this even though I know I'm now the guy saying that it was you know, it went they did too much too fast. Mm-hmm. Playing it, I was like, Man, I hope this is short. Like I, I like the story yeah. and the choices I'm making that I it, I think the checkpoints, you know, change it. But I would like to go back and play it all the way through again. Yeah. I think it's just long enough where I don't want to do that multiple times mm-hmm. to get all these things, but like in a different world, yeah. I, I just feel like even they could have... Uh, Jen and I were talking about it, right? Of No spoilers or anything. But I feel like you could have done Connor and Kara's story and had the Marcus thing happening just in the background hmm. of uh, news reports of this. And like it's affecting their lives, what's happening. But I don't need to play through it because that's where they lost. Maybe even drop me into the Marcus stuff way later when I wouldn't be like, this is a weird thing that we're already here, but okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Again, that's that, that old... Chris Culler quote where he said uh, he truly believes that in the heart of every good 20-hour video game is a great 10-hour video game. Yeah. I think there's some truth to that. Hey, Kevin. I forgot. Oh, so I'm going to tell you now to make a note. Will you do the thing? Because, of course, PlayStation sent us this game for review. Can you put the FTC thing in the very front and the very back of this video? 
Thanks. So there you go, FTC. Don't come after Aram Jabari. Don't you dare. Uh, here we go. Simar Beer says better than Heavy Rain. Yes. But there's just something about there's something about the murder mystery that I just love. I love that true crime shit. Yeah. Um, but I think this game in every way, in, in terms of acting, in yes. terms of character development and stuff like that, I feel like this game is overall uh, far better than Heavy Rain. And that's what gets interesting about it is I agree. I think it's wow. better than Heavy Rain, but I don't remember being as critical of Heavy Rain as this as I am of this game. But then I guess that Heavy Rain, I didn't have the expectations of it. And maybe like, I was just blown away by the fact that there are these different endings And in it Heavy was a Rain. different time, yeah. you know what I mean, in terms... Because Heavy Rain, I think, was... If not PlayStation Three Game of the Year that year, it was a contender when we were working so, at you. So, without spoiling anything, if if you can answer this without doing that, uh, I think about Heavy Rain and I think one of that wonderful atmosphere, a killer that that murders people by drowning them in the rain. That's amazing. It's a yeah. great like conceit to build a story around. And then that I, I don't know if twist is the right word, but the turn, the revelations that take place in that, they're really startling. Uh, if you don't know they're coming, or yeah. they were for me. I didn't see it coming. Sure. Um, in Heavy Rain, are there moments as dramatically compelling is that in this? I'd say there are like action-packed dramatic moments that really had my blood pumping. I don't... I guess there are a few twists here and there, but I don't... I don't remember feeling the same way that I did during Heavy Rain, but Heavy Rain was such a long time ago for me. So I, here, Here's my thing. It's hard for me to speak to it. And this is me looking back now on Heavy Rain years and years since yeah. reviewing it or playing it and review it. Did I? I might have reviewed it. I don't remember. Um, but liking it. You can rain. look it up. <laughs> uh, we don't have that technology. I wish somebody did. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't. Um, heavy rain, I felt so many plates were spinning that the story got convoluted mm -hmm. for me. Whereas, like you say, oh, he murdered him in the rain, right? And it's like, yeah, I remember him being a murdered. He drowned him. In the okay, yeah. And it was just like the reveal of who the killer was there was so ham-fisted, I thought. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's so weird and so many leaps of logic it was like all right like it, it this one is so much more digestible which okay. i appreciate now the moments you know are there there is a big in quotes moment that if you're paying attention i think you piece together before you get there yeah because for me it was very much like there's now chris roper if you'd have your rain okay good yeah. the roper report what up uh there was uh, this reveal in Detroit, the big one I can think of, similar to the killer in Heavy Rain, right? And it, it, there had been enough comments already about it that like, I was like, I, I think I was, hey, Jen, this is what's going to happen. And, I can get, and then when it happens, it's like, okay, well, I kind of saw that happen. I don't know why I didn't see it coming at all. And when Did it, it get you then? Oh, so yeah. like, you're like, oh. Well, when it happened, oh. I was like, I should have suspected something like this yeah. was going to happen, but I don't know why I had, and not, neither did Barrett. We both talked about it. We were like, yeah, did not see it coming. Okay. No, mm -hmm. neither so there, it did. does yeah. exist. Okay. And then, it, but then when, when we, when we talk about that and whenever you want to hear about it, that is also just one of the logic things again, though. Just yeah. like, wait a second, really? Like, all right. Yeah. Whatever. It's like, but it's this fun. Is, this is more nonsense. I think it's better life. than Heavy Rain, but I, I think it's, it also has the benefit of being right now. Okay. Where I'm playing it right now. But I do think overall acting performances visuals the game's beautiful yeah. the game's stunningly beautiful water effects are awesome well it's also hard yeah. to get over the fact that like most of the voice actors in heavy rain were not american but they're yeah. speaking yeah. trying to speak like an american and well, it, it, it kind of threw you off a bit you they, know? there's a couple new uh news addresses one from uh, i don't this isn't a spoiler but i want to say there's a woman on the tv making a presentation at one point and we were watching long enough where i'm like Ugh, and jen's like what and i'm like this woman is clearly French, and she's trying to play the most American American. They did the thing. Uh, yeah, just and like I was like, did. why didn't you just cast someone? 
uh, overall game of the year that year, I, Heavy Rain was in the running, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. But I think I, it didn't... Let me look. Oh, wow. What a year. It was, it was Halo it Reach, Heavy Rain, Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah. Red Dead. Oh, no, no. So then, yeah, yeah I, but I think it might have won PS3 game of the year. Wow. But I don't know. Galaxy 2, Mass Effect 2, and Red Dead. All Mass Effect 2 year. is my pick. Wow. Out of those, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I remember Galaxy 1-1. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Kai says, does the game have a narrative structure such as in a Telltale game where all branches eventually fold together in the end, or does it spread out from beginning to end? I, now, I, if I can jump in, I think he means what I was talking about, right? Where you started in one place with the Telltale game, you bow out, and then you always come back to the same ending, yeah. right? Uh, spoilers for fucking Walking Dead Season 1, Lee is always going to die or be a zombie, but he's dead at the end of it, yeah. right? Uh I would say this doesn't do that. This, this does not do that. This okay. does the flow chart and you pick up and keep going and you at no point does it say, all right, everybody come back. This is how it's going to yeah, end. Your my, endings can be more. My ending was far different than what my roommate's ending was. I can't wait to hear your ending. I'll, and like the, uh, the three different characters all had very different things happen to them. Yeah. That was cool. Impressive, man. I wonder if we should do... Just a spoiler part at the end of this. You can leave if you don't have it ruined for you. Because I want to know, but I also don't... What was the embargo? Are we allowed to talk about endings? You have to. You, the PlayStation trophies are already... I'm totally willing to hang around. I don't mind We're not going to do it right now. Well. We won't do it un unannounced. So we'll make a big yeah. deal if we do it. But I'm going to pull a Getty, so I'll be right back. Oh, you got to pee. Too many LaCroix. Yeah. Uh, Steven says... Mm, yeah, okay. So he says, Steven says, did you feel like uh, you compared the subject matter and themes to other media tackling similar stuff? For instance, did you think about Westworld or Blade Runner when playing through and go, oh, they handled this better than Westworld or vice versa? Um, No, I didn't really think I... I mean, obviously, Westworld is on the mind, right? Because yeah. it's just kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're watching everybody's it right talking now. about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Um, I do think... Westworld handles probably everything better, I feel. Like, just in terms of, like, how the... I don't know. That's a tough question. It is a weird one. I did think about Westworld, I think, just in terms of hosts and uh, yeah. these androids, but I really thought they did an awesome job in this game of crafting a world where, cool, this is what it is, and these are the real ramifications, and these are the unemployed people because of androids, yeah. and here's why people are mad at androids. Here's where it's set up. Here's what is happening is that if you know Marcus is going to rebel here's what it means for everything here's how there's a realistic response I feel to what would happen yeah I guess with Westworld there you know they serve one purpose and it's to entertain it's to play a role to push um, them guts to yeah punch them guts um but in this world um they they're everybody they are employees they are they are housekeepers they are whatever you know yeah. they're not just a theme park entertainer, you know, sort of thing. So I do think, and I feel, I think that's another there. interesting uh, uh, wrinkle to how they use them. Is as I'm watching these androids uh, populate the earth and what they do with it, it was a very thing of like, wow, this really is the next step of Alexa. Where it's like, if if they did reveal, put out, you know, obviously not this advanced of a model right away, but like Gen One model of this, they'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Clean the house, walk Portillo, do the, you know what I mean? Like, give it remedial jobs around the house. Like, not send it off for, like, paint and all this stuff. Like, yeah. we're not going to get there right away. But, like, huh, that is an actually cool idea. Yeah, I think they did a great job with just crafting the the city of Detroit and yeah. what it looks like and, and what poverty looks like and what uh, being without a job looks like. And, you know, all that stuff, I think they... 
you could tell they put a lot of thought into it, and I think that's one of the better parts of the game. And you're talking about that Alexa. I, I feel like almost like a puritanical like minister on the prairie from a Western. Yeah. Because Angie and I have talked about it. I'm like, I won't have it in my house. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, and it's not because I'm biased against artificial intelligence, although I do think we don't give that nearly the gravity of thought we probably should. But I, I don't like I don't like it being there listening to me. Are you an Alexa guy? Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I got, I, got, yeah, I got I got the no. I got the Amazon Echo in the kitchen, and then we have a dot in the bathroom. I can't I can't do it, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it in there. I it doesn't. It's not me. listening. Like it's not doing that. It is listening. No, no. It's well, I absolutely know. Listening. No, 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 no. There's a great Reddit thread I'll th- send to you where it's an actual smart person who develops technology, yeah. totally tearing it apart. Of like, no, it is not listening to you all the time. You have to say the keyword because it only has this many megabytes, so it can't do this, so it can't store that, so it can't be listening. It listens for the key phrase. Here's a crazy moment. uh, Last night on, or last week on Gamescast, we were talking about some fucking game. Kevin gets an ad for it on his phone. And Kevin has never looked up for... It was an... Yeah, we've he's never once tried to look for an Atlas game, and it popped up on his phone okay. as an ad. Okay, that was not Alexa being creepy. That was That's the cool. Lord God bringing you the good news, my friends. <laughs> no, that Atlas. was definitely, that, was that was Instagram listening. Atlas for makes sure right great, 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 great video games, we've and they are heard, there to bring us all happiness. Have we all heard uh, Tim's story about like uh, the coffee table, the light up coffee table, where he was like, "Oh man, that sounds really cool," and then he got an ad. It's like it's like, good. Yeah. Take I, all I, my information. I don't care. No, no. I'm, I'm more annoyed that I went to I went to look listening. at a I went to look at a trophy shop online a couple weeks ago. Didn't buy anything, and now every one of those like widget ads mm-hmm. is that trophy shop. I'm like motherfucker. Yeah. I'm not buying your trophy. Beyond paranoia, I talked about it. listening. the real reason for me is I want more of a buffer in my life between my consumerism and my day to day living mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like my phone is already stripped a layer of the way I think about the world away that I'm not comfortable with. Sure. And I don't, I think Alexa is another step in that direction that as mm. long as I'm able, I don't want to take. See, for me, it's interesting because I, I think it actually does the opposite That's where it keeps me off my phone where it's, I, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, it for me, it's a superpower, super shortcut of, I use Amazon for just about everything anyway. So it is like, fuck last roll of paper towels. Like I'm in the middle of cooking a meal. I'm not going to break out my phone or get to my laptop or do anything. It is just, oh, Alexa. Reorder paper towels. No, like, that's, what you I, I think it'll take me away from my phone, but I think it'll take me even deeper. That's another layer closer to my life being absolutely absorbed in my consumerism. And my consumerism. But you need paper towels. This isn't, like, I'm not using it to be like, oh, Alexa, look up uh, Funko Pops. But Find me. You need paper towels. But the act of going and getting paper towels or even sitting down and purposefully ordering paper towels forces me to do things that I won't otherwise do. It forces me mm. to think about how I'm spending the money, who I'm getting them from, who I'm going to meet on the way, where I'm going to go, what the weather is like that day. Get out of here. You have a car. What I'm, yeah. Yeah, sir, I don't. I want my 24 paper towels and I don't I want do to, have I don't want to get an Uber or a bus. Yeah. I get I'll, I've had enough of you. Well, Good again, day, I, Ken. I order, I order plenty of stuff. Good I, day, I'm, Jared. Yeah. Good day, I said. Good day, sir. What is that? Why, why, why is that ring in my head and I can't remember it now? Uh, I guess he's a lot, but I was thinking when Stephen Colbert did it, when he called somebody and was like giving them a hard time or whatever, and, and he was asking the guy to say he was sorry, and he's like, I'm not going to say sorry. Well, you just did, so thank you. Good day. Good and the guy's like, I didn't say sorry. He's like, good day, sir. That's from a movie. Uh, final question comes from Paul, who says, we often, talk of Ninten- uh, we often talk of a Nintendo Halo that may cause their games to receive more favorable ratings than other studios due to nostalgia or other factors. Stopping you right there. If you put Halo on Nintendo, that would totally get good ratings. Yeah. Do you think the reverse may be true for David Cage, especially in light of more recent allegations against him in Quantic Dream? 
You think I do, Mister Jared Petty taking shots of David Cage before he even played the game? I, yeah. Well, I, for me, I'm not going to get here caught up in the metatextual narrative around that because I am not deeply enough informed to speak intelligently about it here. Yeah. I'm talking purely about the storytelling chops in the past, sure. where his way of making games is. David Cage is not subtle. He's not a subtle storyteller, not consistently. He is very much, he's kind of what would happen if like Sherlock Holmes and Jerry Bruckheimer had a baby. Uh, it would come out looking like a David Cage game. And that's, it's weird and funny and strange. The stuff outside of that, I'm not afraid to talk about. I'm just not as well researched as I should be here to answer that question. So when I make fun of Cage, I am talking about his video game making legacy, which is weird. Mm-hmm. really I, weird. I, I do think this exists. I was talking to somebody else who I haven't mentioned the show because I know I've, I've named a lot of names here. I was talking to somebody else who was playing Detroit for review and the conversation was, man, I'm really enjoying it and I really didn't want to because I don't like David Cage. Mm-hmm. Huh. And it's really? like, damn, like, yeah, that's and I don't I, I, I should say playing. I don't think they were reviewing it. and they definitely want to let that influence their review if they did. But it was the thing of like, that's a real thing that like, you know, for how do you separate the art from the artist? Can you? Yeah. Should you? All these different arguments, questions. No. But yeah, I do think that uh, based on the way David Cage has acted in an interview, the allegations, the past games, like there's baggage that comes with him. The power of creators can affect how we consume our product. It doesn't always. We we give some people passes. We do that individually. We may, and we don't just get passes. We make judgments. We sit and go, no, I'm willing to trade this for this. I I. I used to love watching football. I think I think I'm done mm, with it after yesterday. Pro right? football. Yeah. I think I'm no, just finished. No, I know. Uh, and that's I'm not making a large political statement there. It's just I don't want to buy what those owners are selling, even though it's a quality product. It's this. Uh, it's uh, all. Of, it's the news. They put out a statement basically saying that you can't. You can't. No. You can no longer not kneel during the anthem. Yeah. And they're free to make that decision, but I don't have to buy it. And yeah. I don't like that decision and enough that it's affecting the way I think about it. So. I don't want to rant about that, but I think that when it comes to any product, when we know a lot about the creator or the creators, it can absolutely and legitimately affect the way we perceive the art. Yeah. I mean, I think about every time I read an Orson Scott Card story, I go, wow, this guy's a really good storyteller, and wow, he sure is not someone I feel very comfortable enjoying his work. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, who was mm. absolutely a maniacal, horrible racist and wrote amazing horror. And he did both. Both those things are true about him. <laughs> he did uh, both of them really well. <laughs> I, 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 that's how I want to put it. But I mean, it's like that guy was really racist. Yeah. And it made it into his writing a lot. And yet his horror defined a generation of storytelling. Yeah. Um, both those things are true about him. If somebody says to me, I'm never reading Lovecraft again because he's racist. I, I'm not going to sit there and go, well, you should. Uh, no, that's, yeah, yeah. I get that. Okay. And there are certain people I won't touch because of- I can't really speak to it just because I, I haven't been in the games industry like you guys have. Although in the one year, I'm already the number one games journalist. Which is- it's hard. It's, you know, it was just it was in a wide open field. You came and took Rocket it over. Rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. Rocket ship to the top. Thanks, Kev. Um, yeah, I can't really speak to it. I, I know that when I was in high school, I thought that uh, I thought that Indigo Prophecy was one of the coolest games I'd ever played. Yeah. Just because it was this new idea, right? This new sort of 
um, 24 TV show style, like multiple cameras showing you what's happening at the same time. And it's just weird. Starts off very weird where you, you wake up and you just kill the guy and you don't know how, how that happened, right? Like this really, really intriguing sort of thread. Um, and, and then heavy rain happened and I really enjoyed that game, right? Um, didn't didn't mess with Beyond Two Souls or whatever, but I, I just never really <laughs> no looked into did. David Cage as a person, so I don't really I can't speak to if he's been rude to people in interviews or or the you know the work environment stuff that's been going on recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I let, to, to dial it back. I mean, even before Toxic Workplace shit, I think there was just uh, there was definitely rumors and definitely people in the industry shit talking the fact that he was just pompous, that he just acted like his shit didn't stink. And I'm talking about other developers I would talk mm-hmm. to who are like, oh, that guy. Like, I don't mean it to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fucking pushing old ladies in the street or something. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin's over here pointing at my phone. Oh, are we putting, we're putting the Shaq interview in this? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Oh, awesome. Well, that, you know, speaking of number one games journalists, <laughs> we have an interview with the one and only Shaquille O'Neal. Of course, Detroit Become Human. Thumbs up. Everybody should go play it. I should. Yeah, I recommend you play it. Absolutely. I think what we might do is when we come back, well, I'm, uh, when we take this break here to insert the Shaq thing, I want to look at the review embargo and see if we can do spoilers because I would love just to talk to you about what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. And we'll tag that. The, again, if you're a listener or something, don't panic yet. There will be a very clear, hey, we're going to spoil things. Yeah. But for right now, let's check in with number one sports journalist, number one Twitch streamer, number one video game journalist, yeah. Andy Cortez, and the one and only Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Andy Cortez, the number one games journalist in the whole world. Uh, we're here with the big Shaq, this big Aristotle. I knew you were number one. You knew I was number one, yeah, right? You kind of get the are. vibe, right? No, I just know who you are. Uh, the Diesel, Superman. The uh, What else you got? The big Shaq Shaq Fu, the Reborn. Shaq Fu, yeah. the Legend Reborn. We're here with Shaquille O'Neal, everybody. We're really excited about this. We're here to talk about Shaq Fu, the Legend Reborn, the new video game. But first, I'd like to go back to 1994. Shaq Fu had just come out. You are dominating the NBA in your second year, averaging 21, 29 and 11, actually. Um, 29 11? 29-11, yeah, 2.4 blocks. Pretty good for your second year, yeah, right? Yeah, pretty good. Um, and it's 1994. Is that the height of celebrity, where you are not only killing it in the NBA, but you also have your own video game? It wasn't the height, but it was you know me starting to learn how to maximize my potential. Right. And the crucial mistake I made with the first video game is I haven't heard of the word digital yet. So everything I was still doing was analog because I used to play Sega games in college and there were the block figures and this and that. So I figured that was still the norm. And then I we uh, created Shaq Fu on the, on the death of analog and the birth of digital. And I, I didn't know what digital was. And then that same year it came out with all these different games and different graphics and Shaq Fu got kind of lost in the rubble, but he's back now. He's back. <laughs> Just broke my sternum. Um, how was this game pitched to you? The new game or the, the new game? game? Shaq Fu Legendary oh, Boy. Well, a uh, couple friends of mine said, hey, we need to redo Shaq Fu. One of the uh, designers and gamers played it when he was a youngster. And, you know, he thought it was a cool game. And, you know, he said, uh, we want to bring it back. And for years, I was like, nah, 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 I don't want to do it because having kids, you see, you see different graphics, you see different te- technology. Every time a new game comes out, I'm just amazed at what's going on. I didn't want to go through the same mistake, but he finally convinced me, and it's been a couple years in the making, and I think people would like the finished product. Fantastic. Um, so 
1994 obviously was a pretty big moment of celebrity for you. But now in 2018, uh, not only do you have this new game coming out, you're also in this new Uncle Drew movie. And you are also uh, one of the stars of probably my favorite basketball analysis shows, NBA on TNT. Um, what sort of, how do you compare those levels of stardom? I don't compare them. I don't, I've never considered myself a superstar. Just a regular guy that works hard. I listen to uh, the powers around him. I have a Cynthia, I have a Lucille, I have an Uncle Jerome, I have an Uncle Mike. They keep me out of trouble. They guide me down the right path. And, you know, everything is great. And we always live by the simple slogan of, it could be worse. Sure, sure. So there's a lot of guys in my position that and when they get done playing, they don't have anything to do. So, you know, the fact that I'm still working and I still own things and I'm smart enough to do the right thing most of the time, it's very refreshing. But again, I have a panel that, that always makes me look good. But I never consider myself one of those big time superstars. Just a guy that listened and, you know, people recognize me. What would you rather, what character would you rather play as? Or, what character do you think is the best gaming athlete? Shaq and Shaq Fu, Legend Reborn, Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl, Michael Vick and Madden 2004, or Michael Jordan in the 1994 Super Nintendo classic Chaos in the Windy City? Well, Shaq Fu was a better game. Shaq Fu, clearly, right? Clearly, by clearly. far. Um, did you think that .4 second shot was going to go in against the Spurs? Uh, I'm a big Spurs fan, and you really kind of broke my heart that game. No, I was um, kind of I was kind of upset because I, Duncan was killing us all night, but I wasn't guarding him. So I told Phil I got him. I was all over him. I he was hit like, that follow-away shot. It was yeah, incredible. It was, it was it was a bullshit shot, but he hit it. I mean, <laughs> I was all over him. I was saying to myself, he's not going to score with me. I was right in his face, and he threw it, and it went in. I was like, damn. Yeah. I ran around my house. I thought the game was over. Yeah, I did too. And then uh, Phil called a play for Kobe. I was the second option for Spino Flop. Right? Yeah, they doubled him. And I wasn't open. And then they left Fish open. And he got it and threw it in. And then that's when I said one lucky shot begets another lucky yeah, shot. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love the back and forth that you and um, Charles Barkley have on NBA uh, on TNT. Um, one thing, you're always sort of jabbing him. Hey, I have rings. You don't. It's not a jab. It's a fact. It's a fa it is a fact. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one thing that you don't bring up enough and I think is good ammo for your arsenal is that Shaq Fu is still talked about today, right? It Not is. only because of the new game, but it because is. of how it just has a sort of this, this resonance amongst gamers. But nobody talks about Charles Barkley's shut up and jam on the 1994, uh, in 1994 on the Sega Genesis. Nobody talks about that video game. He had a game? He had a game. I didn't know that I until I Googled that. it, Shaq. Yeah, I never knew that either. It's crazy, yeah. So I what think- What's it called, shut up and jam? Shut up and jam, Charles Barkley's shut up and jam. Nobody played it. Um, and so I think, I think you killed it because we're still talking about Shaq Fu and he's not. Shut up and jam. Yeah. Um, you're also, you're a spokesperson for the general. What's he like? General is very, he a very cool guy. Cool guy. He's not. He's not that small. There's yeah, a lot okay. of muscles. That's what I thought. Yeah, That's nice guy. Thought. Really okay. nice guy. Fantastic. Um, you know, you it's crazy when I sometimes when I'm out, people ask me, "Where's the general?" But like, I have no idea where the general is at. <laughs> you know, like he's a real guy. Oh, I thought. Yeah. Uh, hey, where's the general? Well, I don't know. I thought it was just based off a of real person. Okay. Um, do you have any words of advice for me? Um, well, I just hit 30 years old, Shaq. Um, but I still feel like I could come off a bench and play meaningful minutes in a playoff game. I still have this NBA fever dream. 
You know, I'm only like six foot one, maybe. Maybe some people might take five, six. I would just tell you, give or take. If you're dreaming about making an NBA, you need to wake up right now. Oh, okay. Wake up. Oh, man. All right, well. Wake up. Thank you, Shaq. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. It's not that easy. I, I appreciate you, uh, your words of advice. I'm still going to keep trying, though, because I still feel like I, like I got hustle. Thanks for watching, guys. Uh, tune in. He's the uh, number one guy. Number one world games journalist, Greg Miller. Tim Getty's back to you, man. Wow, what a great interview. Whoa. <laughs> now, the funny thing is that the interview is great, obviously, but you went, did a morning show where you talked about all the shenanigans surrounding it. Yeah. So you can go to YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Check all that out. All right. Also, while we were cut away, we read the thing for what we are allowed to spoil. We cannot, we cannot talk. Yeah. No. <laughs> Can't say it's very clear. Like, please don't talk about all the endings at the end. Like, oh, shit. Okay. We shouldn't talk about all the endings at the end. We won't do that. We so won't no do spoiler that. cast for that. Not, Not yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, though, we'll get to there for sure. Maybe. Yeah, well, when is the when are we allowed to? Well, I think it's just, it just says please don't spoil like you know that for your your uh, your your viewers or your, well, they say readers of course because they're okay. old people they're old fogies like Kevin. Yeah. I like reading. Please don't. I'm young. I'm young. It's your birthday, Kevin. You turn thirty eight tomorrow. Thirty eight, and you look forty four, Kevin. To be honest, <laughs> all y'all shut up. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, honestly, old. here's the thing. I feel like we could do it because it'll be out. Oh, that's the hitch, probably, because it's Thursday still. The review embargo, everyone doesn't have the game. That's right. We should just games daily next week. We'll do a games daily where you just come okay, in and we we we, we, we cap it off that way. That All right, great. Yeah. Is that okay? Look how cool this looks. Ah, jeez, look how cool this looks because I spin it yeah. and when I push it down and I could. Oh wow, that is actually right? cool. that is really cool. I do like that. Uh, While well, Andy spins his phone, let me tell you <laughs> this episode. Well, the kind of funny games cast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't even need the sheet to talk about it at all. You know why? I love Blue Apron. Andy, do I love Blue Apron? He loves it. Kevin, I need you to go to Google and I need you to open Instagram.com slash Game Over Greggy and bring up last night's meal I cooked with Blue Apron last night. When are you going to make me some shrimps, huh? Uh, whenever you want to come back over. All you don't right, talk man. to me at work anymore. I did this <laughs> seared steak with roasted potatoes and caper uh, aioli. It, it, for some reason, didn't talk about the kale in there, but I put it in my Instagram post here. Here it is. Kevin's going to show the people watching. Ooh, yummy. I love Blue Apron. You know I have a cooking show, Cooking with Greggy, youtube.com slash kind of funny. I do a bunch of different recipes. What I love about Blue Apron is it just makes it simple for me that I get to come home. I got step-by-step -step instructions, pre-packaged ingredients. I get to cook. I don't have to think about it because ahead of time, I plan my meal. Blue Apron offers 12 new recipes each week, and customers can pick two, three, or four recipes based on what fits their schedule best. I pick... Uh, three, jean vf Saint-Ange and myself do it. It's a fun little thing. I got the mobile app. Mm. I put it in there. Choose what I want. It shows up in 45 minutes. Bam. I got an amazing dinner that how's looks that, great and tastes how's great. How's that garlic kale? Good. Real yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it did it in a very interesting way that I wasn't, that I've never done it before. And yeah. when Jen was eating it, we always like to eat our food and then immediately critique it as we go. Okay. And so she was trying to guess what I did. She's like, oh, you blanched this and you did this. I'm like, no. The, what they have you do is, right, do the steak in the frying pan sear both sides, pop the steak off, let it cool on the cutting board. You got the fond of the steak still on right. the pan. Toss in the kale, toss in the garlic, toss in a little bit of this uh, sherry vinegar, Okay. then toss in a fourth cup of water, then cover it with aluminum foil, then toss it around every few seconds, not seconds, oh, but a minute or so or okay. whatever, and for four minutes to get it the consistency. Like salt and pepper, it's amazing. Nice. Blue Apron's amazing. Learn how to cook, everybody. Get out there. Uh, Blue Apron offers 12... Oh, I said that part. Go check out this week's menu and get your first... Three meals free with blueapron.com slash gamescast. That's blueapron.com slash gamescast. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Just tell them Greg sent you. There's no way to say that, but you can do it. And the next sponsor 
It's four hymns. Fourhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Sixty-six percent of their men lose their hair. Wait, uh, not their men, of men. Lose their hair by 35. <laughs> Thing is, when you start to notice, it's too late. Right now, Nick's using this, and Andy, you're using it too. I'm using it, yeah. It, it was easy, right? Because you go there, you sign up, you send little photos of yourself, they yep. put you in touch with a doctor, doctor, and they send you the stuff. Happened with that within about like less than a week, I'd say. Yeah. Nice. And you've been Super using quick. it? Yeah. It's good. Super Everything's quick. great. Everything's great. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, it's well known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. There's no waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, and you can save hours by going to fourhims.com. Answer a few questions, and there you go. It's shipped directly to your door. Order now. My listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. Ooh. Go to fourhims.com. Dot com slash games him that's f-o-r-h-i-m-s dot com slash gamescast for him.com slash gamescast jared yes sir i feel like we've let the show run away with our detroit stuff yeah that's okay that's all right no it's not i want to know what have you been playing well i i really missed you last week had a lot of fun with andy and kevin hearing about their 2018 games of the year Ooh, so far wait. we talked about a couple of games we were playing then i really enjoyed walden which i think is very interesting right uh, and walden kinda, what's the what book is it based on uh that's based on walden by henry david thoreau okay uh life in the pond or life in the woods pardon me uh it's a really interesting experience talked about that and that's what led into my my next one i've been playing this week which uh so i discovered walden through each and every weekday and kind of funny games daily right we do a list of the games that are coming out today yeah uh there's a very long name for that that i can't recite from memory yeah no you probably can't oh no but that's uh, why i have you guys say it yeah so we have this this the list every day and i encountered walden the game through that while talking with him we're like that's an odd name and uh, the developer reached out and suddenly like whoa this is a really cool thing we also have noted several times on games daily i'm always there when the switch releases come out on thursdays that uh johnny turbo's arcade yeah keeps releasing titles on switch that we kind of mention and move on and i started to wonder just who is johnny turbo thank you for asking that question because i've been wondering myself well i found out who johnny turbo is okay johnny turbo not just the mascot for marketing the turbograph 16 in america in the early 1990s but also a completely different entity a human being person who has created a number of emulated releases of old Data East arcade games on Switch. So these Johnny's Turbo arcade games are actually old arcade machines with very good emulation done on the Switch handheld in a format. And some of these are games that haven't gotten too many wide releases in other packages before, at least not in a long time, and certainly not portably. Okay. So I played two Johnny Turbo arcade games this week. One of those you may know as a Bad Dudes. Oh, Bad oh. Dudes. That's right. Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja, distinct for being, to my knowledge, the only major video game mentioned by Steve Martin in a motion picture. So, Which motion picture? Uh, that would be Parenthood, oh, uh, where he mentions oh. his, his boys playing bad dudes. It's like, well, I guess that's why they call them bad dudes. Is that the one okay. where he has like 12 kids? Or No, that's no, Two Brother Dozen. Th- no, that's Two Brother, brother Dozen. No, Parenthood's the one where like they throw away the retainer and they got to dig it out of the Chuck E. Cheese and stuff. Yeah, Parenthood's gets a, sick, it's actually a pretty know? good movie, yeah. uh, if I remember. It's been a long time, so yeah. watch it. It's got uh, Bill S. Preston, I believe, in it. Does he? Uh, well, it has, let's see. That's Bill is... Wait, which one's He's Keanu? The no, what? Ted. Ted Theodore Logan. I'm sorry, I got mixed up. Okay. It's got Keanu in it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, He's, he's like, like the deadbeat boyfriend. He's like, we can record our love. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How yeah, old yeah. is it? It's old. Yeah. Oh, old. shit. Never mind. But it mentions Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja, which is an a late 80s arcade brawler 
uh, and it is exactly as you remember it. It's walking to the right and punching ninjas for many, many stages. Okay. Uh, it's a good emulation. It's interesting. I had a lot of fun. I played it on a train ride. You can, you know, you can pump as many quarters in as you want, which is kind of how Bad Dudes is made to be played anyway. Because there are parts that are absolutely designed to eat your quarters. Um, but it was fun. It's a, it's a good implementation of an old game. He's okay. not, he's not remaking the wheel here, but it looks good. On it controls well. It's fun. It sounds good. I had a lot of fun with it. So if you liked Bad Dudes and you want to team up with a friend or play it on the go, good way to do it. What if I've never played Bad Dudes? Should I have to go play it's, Bad Dudes? Uh, bad Dudes is not a, a must play. lost classic. Okay. No, it really is kind of a, a derivative brawler. It's kind of like if Double Dragon and Shinobi had a baby. It's a must play if you want to understand memes on the internet. Yeah, like if you want to play that, exactly, the Ronald Reagan. Have yeah. you played it, Andy? No, I have not. Okay, yeah, the only video game I can think of off the top of my head also that has Ronald Reagan at the end. Huh. Uh, going out to have a hamburger with some bad dudes. Huh, okay. Yeah, let's sure. go get a okay. burger, dudes. You got to rescue Ronnie. Are you a bad enough dude to rescue Ronnie? No, I guarantee I'm not. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese name, Hell Bad no. Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. Definitely uh-huh. my favorite. Okay. I think in Japan is just Dragon Ninja. The other game from Johnny Turbo's arcade that I sampled is Super Burger Time, a very rare uh, arcade game. The sequel to, or one of the many sequels, because Burger Time has a weird, strangely convoluted family tree. It's like Detroit, where it's just... Yeah, it's just exactly, it's exactly yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, because you have Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, and they have the weird and television exclusive sequel, and then you have Super Burger Time. David Cage is not proud of this one. You guys ever <laughs> played Burger Time? Never. Yeah. Burger Time's fun. Yeah. Uh, the original Burger Time is a ridiculously difficult, but very good precision arcade game. It's one of those games that, like, if you die... It's your fault and you're angry and you throw your controller and then you go back and you play again because if you can really master burger time, you've accomplished something. You'd be like, whoa, I have poured way too many hours into being chased around a map by little eggs and wieners. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, there's there's dancing wieners. If I had a, if I had a cool nickel. If I, I get chased around by dancing wieners all the time. <laughs> well, that's, I, I don't remember exactly the context, but I remember there was a video at IGN somebody made once. Um, I was in, in it where they were talking about the nightmarishness of Burger Time and describing, you know, what they thought of, of the horror, uh, the, uh, the nightmare of being chased around by giant wieners, uh, to which somebody wrote in the comments, not to be ironic, but for some of us, being chased by giant wieners is actually a good dream. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> not a nightmare. Fair point. Fair sure. point. Uh, yeah. So Burger Time's really good. Super Burger Time's interesting. Um, Had you played it before? Uh, yeah, but only only through emulation and okay. ages ago. Um, Are they going to say it's interesting? There's some deep lore with like, no, because it, it's it's sort of a remake of Burger Time. It gives you way more weapon agency. There's a lot more enemies, but you also have the ability to hurt them more. It scrolls, which the original Burger Time didn't do. Burger Time's about making giant hamburgers, and it's all about chaining. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. To be bad at Burger Time, you die quickly. To be mediocre at Burger Time, you can survive. To be good at Burger Time, you're learning to chain combos and crush enemies and build multipliers, and you can build these insane scores. So it's the kind of game you can get, it's like pinball, you can get really, really good at it if you practice a lot. Super Burger Time has a lot of that in it, but it's a little more forgiving. Okay. And it has continues. You can pump Oh, okay. In. Sounds good. It's fun. Uh, it Again, it's not like a lost classic, but it is a game that has not been widely available before. Okay. And I like that Johnny Turbo is bringing this out. I say Johnny Turbo, well done. There's some other games in that arcade. Those are the two I played this week okay. uh, from, from that. Uh, Sly Spy, which is kind of a neat little spy arcade games on there. They're eight bucks each. That's mm, That seems steep. Right. That's the hard part for, I mean... That's how much it costs, I believe, to make these games and have a chance of making money on them. Okay. You know, you buy a big compilation disc, a video game, you know, 20 things from some publisher. They're varying quality. But these are games that 
folks were not putting a lot of time into or effort into before necessarily. And to have them on the go like this, that sounds like a boutique price, but I think it's about what it okay. costs to make this happen. Okay. And so I, I say uh, go Johnny Turbo. I'm looking forward to see what he has uh, available next. Super Burger Time or Taco Master? Super Burger Time doesn't have platinum. Talking about uh, you got a platinum. Yeah, there's that too. Super Burger Time's fun. Uh, I think I prefer original Burger Time still because it's so difficult, but Super Burger Time you can certainly play longer. Now then, you got me thinking about Sushi Strikers. Yeah, come on. And of course, I don't know anything about that. What's game. that? Sushi Strikers? Don't know anything about oh. it. I'll show it to you when we get it. Sushi cool. Strikers. Demo's cool. up, I think, right now, actually. Yeah, Sushi Switch. Strikers mm. is neat looking. I, I really think that's the radical. So I hope I didn't rant too long about that. You didn't. Those, I uh, invited you to. I'm glad you right. did. Invited the rant. Well, you got one final game, right? Yeah. I mean, as as always, there's been Red Dead because I play that for Red Dead Radio every week, and I am a slave of desert golfing. So yeah, of course, must continue yeah. on through that. Rapidly approaching two thousand holes. Jesus um, Christ. So getting on my way there. But the other game I've really enjoyed is Indy Creates Bloodstained. You just got this last night. You've already played a lot. Yeah, I played quite. I mean, not like hours and hours, but I got as much in as I could before I realized I need to sleep. Yeah, it's really fun. Have either of you guys uh, pre pre ordered Bloodstained? I haven't pre ordered it, but I, I told you I got a code. I was playing. I played the first level last night, okay. and I was like, okay, I see what you're doing here. It seems for me, someone who doesn't have that affinity for eight bit games and remembers trying Castlevania people's houses and just being like, man. This is too heavy and I'm dying all the time. Mm -hmm. It seems like it reminds me of kind of Axiom Verge and the thing of like, oh, wow, this is clearly inspired by, you know, obviously Super Metroid for Axiom Verge. It's inspired by Castlevania and it's approachable for me. Same thing of a Shovel Knight, right? Of like, yeah. this is approachable in a way that has modern tendencies to a classic it, idea. It does. It feels like it has that kind of that learning curve built in a little bit that the, the earlier Castlevanias didn't as much. Later Castlevanias got easier, but the 8-bit the Castlevanias are just viciously difficult the first and third especially two is not too bad and this one kind of eases you in more which gotcha. i really like um it's it's a really smart you know people hear me talk about old games a lot most old games are bad just like thank you for finally of, saying it yeah tons of old, old games game is old man old game is awful <laughs> uh, the I ones mean, i talk about yeah, are, the, are, the, are the good ones the castlevania one and castlevania three are, are both bona fide masterpieces this one draws from the best parts of those and then adds to it modern game design, which is what they did. Inti Creates did Mega Man 9. Yeah. That's what it did. It's like, Inti oh, knows what they're doing, man. They're a talented yeah. group. They did great stuff. And Mega Man 9, my favorite Mega Man. That's right. I like it more than two. Okay. Um, you like it more than X. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, oh, I like oh, X, yeah. but oh, but oh. I like two, three, nine, and ten more than I'm I like I'm dying X. of thirst. I'm going to go get some LaCroix. You should go get some it. LaCroix. Can we bring me another place? Yeah, no, I'm going to bring it for the group. All right. Group LaCroix coming. Do you have any interest in this thing, Andy? Have you seen it yet? I did see that. Uh, I saw them when they were here, actually, and mm -hmm. they were showing us the uh, the very limited NES uh, color palette. Yeah, which is really cool. Very similar to what Shovel and I did, where it's like we're trying to we're trying to be as like authentic with this as possible. Yeah, Shovel and I created a, like they cheated a lot, but they gave you that vibe. They gave yeah. you that feel. Indie creates really does seem to have kind of doubled down. Like if we is had, it four three ratio or is uh, it no, at least widescreen? No, it's, it's, okay. it's widescreen. Okay, and I mean it, it does a lot of, of flubs and flubs. There, there's some stuff in there uh, that's definitely cheated you. on, but it creates that vibe of a legitimate game, and it feels very specifically like a game crafted around uh, Konami's proprietary VRC six chip, the one that was used in Castlevania 3 in Japan. It's got this kind of neat color palette, this cool parallax scrolling effects and background things. It feels like like if just right there at the end when NES games and, and uh, Famicom games were just blurring the line to 16-bit but still had these kind of glaring things they just couldn't do, they embraced that. 
and they make the game feel that way. There's not a lot of enemies on screen at once most of the time, but what's there looks really good. The art direction's superb. The weapon design is great. Multiple characters, and as soon as you start playing through, you see stuff, you're like, I can't get in there. I can't get up there. I can't go through this thing. I just burst a wall, but I can't go under. Well, it's because there's multiple characters, and as you play through the game, you pick them up, and you go back and play through earlier levels, I and see. suddenly there's new pathways available and new stuff to find, and... I'm not done with it by a long shot, but my initial impressions are very cool. It is, obviously, there's been some talk about the fact that uh, didn't get out on all platforms as quickly as they wanted for people who had ordered it already in Kickstarter. I was a backer like that. They did the best they could by releasing uh, Steam keys for those people to give them time to play until it came out across all platforms. I was playing on Steam right now. It's Sounds like that Mighty Number no. 9 problem. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, yeah, yeah, that could have touched out of the 10-foot fall. <laughs> All right, so that's me talking about an old game for a long time. Um, I don't know. Greg, are you going to play it anymore, do you think? Eventually. There's so much stuff coming and stacking up on Switch right now for mm -hmm. me that I'm excited about. West of Loathings right there. Uh, Sushi Strikers is right around the corner. Everything will stop for Mario Tennis Aces. The, uh, the demo's out right now, right, for Tennis Aces? Oh, is it? I, I thought I saw some people in the in the morning show chat telling yeah. us about it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There's also I, I have not turned on my Switch in a long time. Really? Yeah. Missing up, man. Because uh, you know, Kevin, I don't know if you've been keeping up on the thing. We're getting we're dancing around here on what we've been playing. The names are there, obviously, but we've been dancing around. Have you been keeping up? I've been taking notes for you. I can update you after the fact. I'm being better than Tim, is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm pointing out that I'm better than Tim. All right, Kevin. Kevin, do you hear me saying I'm better than Tim? Yeah, I think I'm keeping up, but thank you for keeping notes. I got notes for you, baby. <laughs> no, uh, what I want to say then is that for me, I'm going to jump around and throw to the front garage. I, I, I talked about that when I got it. The zombie game or zombie fight humans, Hotline Miami mixed up with survival horror, whatever. Oh, stuff. right. Like, you, you saw this at a GDC. A GDC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it came out and I started playing. I got it and started it like the night before the last game's cast was on, then went away. It's the first Switch game in a while. And this is not meant to be a knock against Switch all because everybody knows I love my Switch, but it's the first game in a while where I've been like, man, I'm so into this, pop in the dock and actually play it on the TV rather than get home and be like, well, I need, I want to play whatever else on my PlayStation, so or like, I want to do this on Xbox, so I'll do get this later. It's been like, oh, fuck, I actually want to play this. It's fun. It's, it is Hotline Miami zombies, you know what I mean, which is like good for, and it's like, it's incredibly indie. You know what I mean? It's from, it's published by Tiny Build. There's a different developer working on I forget their name off the top of my head. But like, I was at this one tough part trying to figure out what to do and Jen was in the other room and she's like, the sound effects are awful. Because it's like, ugh, ugh. It's like the same like canned dying yeah. noise. But like, it's charming in that respect, and it's small, and it's easy. Or not easy. It's small, and it's simple. That's and everything I need in life is what you're describing. Yeah, get a shotgun and go shoot some fucking zombies. And, like, they, the checkpoints are plentiful enough that I feel, like, encouraged to fuck around when I play it rather than, like, oh, I want to save my ammo. I want to do this. Mm. I'll go do this. And they do a couple weird things, like drugs that are, like, you know, you can see through walls at certain... How's the music? It's all right. It's fine. Uh -huh. It's not, like, no, it's not, it's not, like, hot I'm aiming at that or anything. It's very uh -huh. much a... It is trying to do a lot of those things, not doing them as well, but doing it in a way that I keep wanting to play it, but I keep Great. coming back to it, right? And I've jumped around, and I have a whole bunch of things on the Switch that I've been jumping between, but like that's the one I actually put time into and in, in do. But I just downloaded a couple other things. I keep carrying the Switch with me because I feel like every day some other game that I wanted on the Switch has finally come to the Switch, and now I got to get there. Uh, however, I was gone at Judges Week. Those embargoes, of course, for games I saw before E3, most of them lift the week of E3, so I'll probably do another video. It's like the five best things I saw before even E3 even started. 
But uh, the PlayStation embargoes are all up from the PlayStation event right. there. So first and foremost, played Days Gone. Uh, I'm super in. Like it, I think I wouldn't say I. I never would have told you I had no excitement for Days Gone. But it was that thing of, is it just another million zombies run at me? I mean, I know it's Sony Bend who I like. I know that it's Sam Witwer who's friend of the show. Like, there's a million reasons on paper you should like it. It's weird. I just feel like everything's. This game has been set up with so many things opposing it for some for no real reason other than a zombie the real reason is the fact that oh man it kind of looks like Last of Us right oh there's zombies there's you know what I mean like that's the that's the reason I think people are can Sony have two zombie games what's going on with this you know Uh I think that's been the biggest thing and I think it hasn't I I even playing it was my big thing and when we talked about it Andrea and I on Games Daily somebody wrote in and was like well do you agree with the people who are saying it's the, the the people who haven't played it. The audience is saying, "Hey, man, this reminds us so much of the Last of Us." And then people are playing it and saying it doesn't remind us of the Last of Us. Yes, that's how me and Andrea both felt. And for me, and I think this is the biggest compliment I can pay, pay the game. For me, the game it reminds me of is Red Dead Redemption, oh. because for me it was like, "All right, start the game." Dropped into beautiful Oregon, I, or, and it's like dark and like, but I'm in the woods and all the stuff. I'm at a camp. I, it's like somebody else's camp. I talked to this woman who wants me to go get zombie ears, whatever. But then I did a thing where I just wandered around camp and looked at other people. Um, you mean freakers. Sorry, my apologies. Freakers. Thanks. Gotcha, and saw Greg. their names <laughs> pop up and saw, and it was that thing of, I think I was expecting NPCs on the level of an infamous game where ah. they start repeating and like no one repeated in this camp. Everyone looked like they were there with a purpose. They were there with a reason. They were there with a backstory. And then to get on the bike and ride out into the open world and be like, wow, so much cool shit is happening here that isn't the story, right? I went and I did the story mission, which was go over here, do this thing, bring up the thing for this guy. But then, you know, I got the gas for my motorcycle and you know what? I'm going to ride in this direction. Like I did in Red Dead the first time I played Red Dead. I'm going to ride in this direction. Just took off the opposite direction of the objective, was going... And as I'm driving, I, I see something, I stop, and it was a tripwire across the road. Ooh. And so I went over there, and like it pops up, like, you want to cut the wire? And I cut the wire, and sure enough, two dudes run out with guns, and I get into a gunfight with them, right? Kill them, loot their supplies, get on my bike. And then I was like, well, now I want to just go up that hill. And just went up that hill and got up there, and there was two other guys up there with their backs to me when I got up there. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I started shooting them. They started shooting me. But what they were doing was they were spying on the horde down there. And so the horde heard the gunshots, and now they were all running up here to get me. And they started getting there. I shot them for a while, and there was too many. Jumped on my motorcycle, and then I was like, you know what? Let's just fuck around with the, their, their logic. Drove around them, kind of hurting the horde, and like ha- going a little bit and having them chase me and seeing. And I, sure enough, yeah, I could totally lead these guys to an enemy encampment if I wanted. Mm. Like, you just give them a little bit of time and go. And it was just like, the thing I keep saying about it is the world feels so lived in. The world feels like it's telling me stories and that it doesn't revolve around me, which is what I want. When I, I stopped in a, I was trying to find more gas. So I, it, which I, this is my one thing. I was like, I don't know. It, well, I was, I'll put a pin in that one. I was trying to find more gas and I drove through a tunnel, got out and I went into like, you know, this door, went in another door, opened this thing. And I'm just going in random places, looking around for stuff. Yeah. Open one like door that's in this tunnel or this office in a tunnel. And there's a guy who hanged himself. Huh. And it was just like, oh, like, there's no reason, and maybe there will be later on, there's going to be something, mm-hmm. but, like, there's no reason for me to come in here so far, the game would tell me. It's just yeah. something they put there to be like, hey, this guy's story ended here. There was a game that happened Environmental storytelling. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite things in video games. There's an old NES game called Gimmick um, and that just, you, there's this boat you're supposed to get on, 
And if you run past this little 8-bit platform, or if you run past the boat, it scrolls over, and there's this beautiful, like, seashore with birds flying off in the distance. And all the art there is pretty much just drawn for that one little moment because somebody thought, maybe you'd want to stand here and watch the birds. And that, in an era when that didn't happen, that jumps out so much. Yeah. The fact that somebody's just like, this closet shouldn't be empty. So what would be in it that makes sense and it's yeah. going to speak to somebody? That's really, really cool. I couldn't, I was not particularly interested in it. You, you made the Red Dead comparison and I turned into a GM soldier and went like, bleep. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have an exclamation point over my head now. Yeah, um, and I mean, I like this. It maybe it won't be, you know, founded by then, but, or I mean, it'll be unfounded opinion. But yeah, it's just, it, it what it, what it did, putting the pin back out of the thing from Waga, right, is that for me, I think it's one of the reasons I'm not feeling State of Decay 2. And State of Decay 2 is so much just State of Decay 1 again. And Days Gone is borrowing the elements I really like from State of Decades, but putting it into an open world, beautiful, you know, story driven game. Whereas like, yeah, I don't mind getting gas for my bike or like, yeah, my bike's going to break down. I'm going to need to go get supplies to fix it. That's cool. Right. And then like State of Decay is all the time. Oh, these motherfuckers ate food or they stole my supplies. Or they, and it's like, how's that motion blur on uh, Days Gone? Yeah, it's there. Cool. There's motion happening. Yeah, Sweet, yeah, yeah. Man. Sweet. But uh, I don't know. It's just I, I was more impressed with Days Gone than I thought I'd be. I feel like the way that you're describing sort of hurting the zombie horde and having all these these systems in the with the environment, like it seems like sort of a a, a Breath of the Wildish playground where in Breath of the Wild you could play with the weather. Like, is there anything like that where you can sort of just craft your own thing with you know, and we see all these crazy videos with people doing hilarious shit with bokoblins and stuff. Sure, sure, and sure. Like, it seems like there might be something like that. Maybe. I didn't, I mean, I didn't get that deep into it to know if that's an uh -huh. actual possibility. You know what I mean? It was pretty clear, like, shotgun, I'm using on these guys or that. Or yeah. Like, you know, the, the bike, you know, they stopped, they didn't stop my demo, but the guys from Bend over there know me, obviously. So they came over like, in case it's not clear, like, you're on the worst bike. This is the starter bike. This mm -hmm. is, you know, you'll get a better because it was like not going super fast, but. I was still taking it off sweet jumps. Hell yeah, dude. Stuff. Sweet yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping they embrace the, the opportunity to have you get the best bike, climb on, and then Bon Jovi's like Steel Horse starts playing Hell and yeah. then you ride on. Steel okay. Horse, I ride. I, I'm picturing you like taking zombie hordes to any enemy encampment yeah. similar to in Breath of the Wild where you have like the, you see those clips of the big uh, moblin fighting uh, the guardians, right? Yeah. Like you sort of lead them together, then you just sort of watch this fight ensue, and you see what what the AI does totally. to each other. Totally. Like, yeah. And I do. Really I totally see myself doing that with yeah. There's a bunch of bad guys over there. Why not go kick mm -hmm. this bee's nest and bring them over? Yeah. With them? Yeah. That's cool. I think bees live in the hive too. By the way, um, played a bunch of other stuff there. Uh, I've talked about it here and there. I played that Astrobot rescue mission. This is they had a bunch of PlayStation VR stuff. The, these are the little robots from the PlayLink uh, VR demo kit or whatever. Remember the guys who came in your controller and you threw them around? Playroom. That's what I'm talking about. Not PlayLink. Oh, yeah, okay, not, yeah, not just VR. Uh, it's a platform with them. It's very cute. Gave me the Moss vibe in terms of like. Cool, it's a platformer with traditional controls that I'm controlling the little guy with a cape, but then also like lean your head and look left. You're look the right. fly in the wall, sort of observing. Yeah, like, like this well, shit. not even that. Just like having to lean into a regular video game level and look around and figure out where to go and That's how cool. to get stuff like that. It seemed fun. It seems like it'd be a good platinum. Um, played more Fire Firewall Zero Hour, our, oh, yeah. our game from PSX. Hell yeah! It was a new build. It looked way better. Like I mean, graphically oh. looked way better. Had a way better interface, and I think the biggest. Or not even like, the coolest thing for us, I think, to people who at PSX saw this is, of course, is the PlayStation VR 8, or 4v4 uh, Rainbow Six thing where you're mm. all in it with guns. 
uh, when we got there, a bunch of the other judges were like, you're the PlayStation guy. Like, what should we see? And I was like, this, that, and that's cool. And so, like, people came back from that one and were like, holy shit, that was awesome. And people who I don't think usually play PlayStation VR. Like, man, Firewall actually was really rad. So that's exciting. I want to see more of that. That's good. That's awesome. Blood and Truth was there. It was a new level as well. That's the one I always talk about where I threw back the grenade in VR. It was like a Guy Ritchie film, like Snatch or whatever. Rad. This was a less impressive demo. This was more of just shooting and stuff, but it was fun. Uh, they had Creed there, boxing game. Looked not oh, good. Yeah. Not Heard good. About that. Not, oh. Yeah, it's out now. It just looked like it looked like uh, the latest uh, uh, Mike Tyson boxing one for Wii U or whatever, mm. like that kind of graphic style. But then in VR, I was like. So you, no. can't have, you can't have Creed fight Rocky. I didn't. Not that I could see. Maybe eventually. You know what I mean. Uh, Dreams was there, but it was the PSX demo. We got to use our hand. We got to play. It. We got to use our hands. We got to play it hands on. But it's like a game for a baby. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you got to use your hands. That's a baby's toy. Okay. Uh, but it was more Dreams, and I'm still interested and excited to see where that yeah. one ends up. Thanks for correcting the quote. You had, you no had problem. I know where you're. I know Elijah Wood. Back to the Future Two. That's right. Yeah. I, I went. That went over my head. The weakest okay. point in the trilogy. What? I'm sorry. Remember, we went to go see it. What? What's that? You say Back to the Future Two is the weakest part of the trilogy? Yeah, dude, Back to the Future Three is not a good movie. Back to the Future Three is is hardly stalwart. Hardly a stalwart motion picture, but Back to the Future Two is worse. Never seen it. Never seen any of them, Kev. You've seen the first half. <laughs> You've definitely seen the first half. <laughs> we left. Remember that? You've seen the first half of Back to the Future. What a weird. Ladies and gentlemen, this. Has been the kind of funny games cast episode one hundred and seventy two. Thank you so much for joining us. Ah, uh, by the time <laughs> you get this, this will be old information, but it is breaking for us right now. Uh, while we were recording this, Total Biscuit passed away. Oh, um, no. I know a polarizing figure uh, oh. in the games landscape, but was always very, very good to kind of funny. Was in our Twitch chat quite a bit. Uh, had me on the show more than once, and was just a, a good friend. So, of course, rest in peace to him. And uh, everybody be better to each other, obviously. I know that's a tired Greg Miller saying, but it plays on every side of it right here. So until next time, no, we love you.